Live from WNUR News, I'm Cara Totley. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's Friday, October 13th. Tonight on WNUR News, Armenian student activism in the wake of the third Karabakh War. Singer and actress Renee Rapp held her concert in Chicago. NU Superstitions and Fairweather Friends. Those stories coming up tonight on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in. In the wake of the violence in the region of Nagorno-Karabakh, over 100,000 Armenians have been displaced from their homes, forcing the Armenian Student Association to be re- to reevaluate their goals. Paul O'Connor has the story. Like okay, we, I think we could go. On Monday, October 2nd, students from the Armenian Student Association, also known as ASA, gathered at the Rock on South Campus. For the first time in Northwestern's history, they painted the flag of the Republic of Artsakh in red, yellow, blue, and white. Wait, are we doing the flag of Artsakh? Yeah. Wait, but how are we going to write over that with the whites? This was in response to recent violence in the territory of Nagorno-Karabakh. This territory is largely recognized as part of Azerbaijan, but most of its population consists of separatist Armenians organized under the Republic of Artsakh. I don't think anybody has ever painted it for our cause that we're here for today. In late September, military forces from Azerbaijan quickly overwhelmed the territory, leading to a massive Armenian exodus from the region. The conflict has led to the Republic of Artsakh announcing its dissolution by January of 2024. Here's Isabel Togramajian, Weinberg third year and president of ASA. I remember like opening Instagram while I was eating breakfast on the first day of school and just like breaking down in Sarge um, because you know, even if we somewhat saw it coming, it was still like, completely devastating. Casualties have reached into the thousands, including at least 68 killed in a gas station explosion. But in large red letters, the number 120,000 was painted on the ledge in front of the rock. That's the number of refugees displaced from Nagorno-Karabakh due to Azerbaijan's aggression. So Armenia just doesn't really have the infrastructure resources to support 120,000 extra citizens. So that's what a lot of the charity and aid is going to now is just like providing resources to be able to accommodate the um, new arrivals, the refugees who are coming. Refugees have attempted to flee the region via the Lachin Corridor, a road that links Nagorno-Karabakh to Armenia. Back in December of 2022, Azerbaijan blockaded this corridor, preventing the flow of food and medical resources to those trying to flee the region. So no food, supplies, international aid have been able to get in. Like very few people have been allowed to get from Artsakh to Armenia proper to receive medical care. Um, there's been an increase in like miscarriages. The degree of civilian violence and displacement have caused many to liken these events to the Armenian genocide of the early 20th century. Uh, photos circulating in the internet where you can see how people are fleeing the Western Armenia and how they, they are fleeing Artsakh in 2023. That was Martin McCritzgian, a Weinberg second year. As an international student from Armenia, he recalled what it was like when violence broke out in his home back in 2020. 
It was a 44-day-long war. I went to an international high school. You know, all the Armenians were so depressed that the head of the school had to give us permission to us not to go to classes for, for, the, for the whole week. Because everyone was just crying and their relatives, their friends were dying. Now at Northwestern, distance and a lack of easy communication pose entirely new obstacles. My aunt's son is also serving in the army right now. So it's very difficult for us to realize that he's there fighting and like anything bad can happen any second. So they're constantly trying to be up to date to know whether he's fine. Isabel also expressed how difficult it is to be distant from family and home during times of violence, especially while balancing school and work obligations in the U.S. But I think for a lot of people, you kind of have to compartmentalize because it's impossible to really like be fully aware of the situation and process your emotions while also simultaneously going through the stresses of like, the first two weeks of the quarter at Northwestern. So I think there's definitely some compartmentalizing that goes on for everybody. But for many Armenian students, ASA has provided an important medium for community. This is both in the context of international conflict, but also for concerns like homesickness or culture shock. I can tell you that when I first got here in the U.S., I had these cultural shocks and a lot of things in the U.S. culture seemed very like, different from what I had experienced in Armenia. So ASA was the space where I could kind of get back to where I came from. I found that through ASA, I've been able to find those people that truly understand what's happening and can truly sympathize because they're in the same position. That was Sadin Magadichian, a Weinberg second year and member of ASA's exec board. She's been involved in activism for the Armenian community outside Northwestern, including being a part of the Armenian Youth Federation. We have found that our sadness and our grieving has turned into activism because we don't want to sit around and just mourn the loss of the land and mourn the loss of the monasteries and the churches and the people. Instead, we want to turn that into activism and try to get some type of like voice for ourselves. She talked about how she's not only found affinity within ASA, but also among other affinity groups on campus. Nina, the Middle Eastern North African group, has yeah. reached out and asked us what they can do to help. Balkans, the NU Balkan Student Association, has reached out to us as well. We've done partnerships with Ukraine and with SJP. All of these affinity groups, there's this kind of like recognition of solidarity. Students feel that the lack of attention surrounding the conflict has made the outbreak of violence all the more painful. Sophia was telling me about how she went to a, a community for uh, human rights, which is like a club at Northwestern, and they were talking about like what events they should cover. And you brought up that they should cover Ar Armenia and Azerbaijan, and they were like, what's Azerbaijan? And it's like, you know. For a lot of Armenians, and myself included, it's very disheartening. Um, like The lack of attention that this issue gets, I think taking, for example, the war between Russia and Ukraine, if you look at the situations, a lot there are a lot of parallels, um, but because our people are so much smaller and it's a much less trendy topic, I've basically seen nobody outside of our Armenian community speaking up about it. Isabel points out that Northwestern University's response to the crisis 
has been disappointing as well. No, we've gotten nothing from the school. I mean, the school hasn't released any public statement. The school hasn't reached out to us as individuals. So really, the school's been silent. With the fall of Artsakh, Armenian activists have had to consider how their goals might have to shift in order to keep raising awareness, both on and off campus. What ASA is going to do is we're planning a couple fundraisers for the coming weeks um, to try to send immediate aid at this point. It's really, really sad, but what they were going to do has been done. The blockade was successful. The ethnic cleansing of Armenians in the region was successful, but now it's kind of more of a aggressive approach on this campus to making sure that Armenian voices are heard. But even in this violent and conclusive historical moment, finding pride and joy within the Armenian community remains as central to ASA's mission as ever before. I think that being Armenian comes with the necessity to be aware and be active in a sort of way. Being Armenian is a cultural thing, but it's also like the necessity to help out the homeland is ingrained in it. From WNUR News, I'm Paul O'Connor. Moving on to arts and entertainment, Renee Rapp played at the Aragon Ballroom this Wednesday during her tour for debut album Snow Angel. Jillian Moore has the story. spiritual experience like I will never be the same actually like the best night of my life that was sophomore Haley Shama sharing her impressions of the sold-out Renee rap concert at the Aragon Ballroom this Wednesday In June, Rap announced she will be going on tour. The singer dropped her debut album, Snow Angel, on August 18th. She took Alexander 23 and Tawa Bird on the road with her across North America as openers in support of the LP. Surprisingly, the singer actually gained most of her popularity through acting. She won the Jimmy Award for Best Performance by an Actress in 2018 and has only aimed higher since then. I've been a fan of her since 20. 19 when her cat in Mean Girls the Musical was announced and I've been following on Broadway on the Sex Lives of College Girls. However, regarding Rapp's role on the American comedy drama show The Sex Lives of College Girls, concert goer sophomore Alexa DeFilippis said, I loved um, Sex Lives of College Girls. I'm really sad that it's end that not that it's ending, but that like she's not going to be in it. The third season, I think she's only in like three episodes and then she's not in it anymore, which is sad. Rap confirmed this summer that she would not be returning as a series regular. However, fans speculate this just means her music career is taking off. According to dedicated Renee Rap fan, freshman Imani Larkin. She's just such a performer and she's like a vocal athlete, you know? Mm -hmm. I just love her so much. With 3.7 million monthly listeners on Spotify, Rap does seem to be taking the world by storm with a combination of pop, rock, and soulful R&B. And I think my favorite songs from her are like, I really like Snow Angel. I 
I really like, I hate Boston. Too Well was like the first song like I heard of her like solo music. But what sets Renee Rapp apart from other talented singers on all access streaming apps? She's like 23 right now, which like is younger than a lot of the music industry. This is in comparison to 2019. When Billboard Pro reported the top solo artist on Billboard 200 averaged 29.25 years old. Like Shama, DeFilippis also said rap uses her youthful energy and spirit to connect with her listeners, even performing a song called 23 at the concert. She like had everybody in the audience who was 23 raise their hands and it was like a lot of people. And she was talking about how like she wrote it on her birthday because she gets like sad on her birthday about growing up. Rap has also gone viral on social media using algorithms to reach new listeners. Her TikTok has over 1.5 million followers. According to freshman Jao Martins, this contributed to the success of her music. When she like released her first few songs, they went kind of viral because of like who she was, I think. Likewise, Larkins posited the music industry is looking for actors, dancers, and personalities who are already popular to draw attention to their productions. I think, honestly, that's like a lot of what they're looking for. It's like, it's like stunt casting where they're like, oh my gosh, let me find this amazing actor to go on Broadway and everyone will come to my show. While listeners say rap has the voice of an angel, social media influencer status, and leading roles on the stage and screen, her ability to connect with people appears to truly set her apart. She's extremely personable. Like, you can tell that she's like very humble and very grateful, and she's well-spoken. She's like, she's like for the people, you know? From WNUR News, I'm Jillian Moore. Here's some concert footage to play you out. Temps, temperatures are signaling spooky season. Reporter Anavi Prakash gives us the updates on this week's fair, fair weather friends. Hello, I'm Anavi. Welcome back to Fair Weather Friends. Each week, we give you a peek into the local and national weather. This is my first time on Fair Weather Friends, and there are so many fall things to discuss. From Evanston, Illinois, this is Fair Weather Friends. It's safe to say we're officially in the fall season, given that temperatures are significantly cooler than last week's highs of 70 degrees Fahrenheit and for our listeners who use Celsius, that's 21 degrees. This week was steady between 50 and 60 degrees Fahrenheit, or between 10 and 15 degrees Celsius. A similar trend will take us into the weekend, with temps between 47 and 57 degrees Fahrenheit, or 8 and 13 degrees Celsius. To go along with these chilly temps, we're going to be getting lots of wind and rain. According to meteorologists at AccuWeather, this rain is part of the storms that are headed to the northeast of the country, which has been getting plenty of rain since September. Locally, we should expect two to four inches of rain, which could end up blocking roads and delaying flights. If you have travel plans, stay safe. In other news, the Farmer's Almanac says we will be experiencing strong fall foliage this week. 
something I think has been severely lacking. If they're right though, get ready to bundle up in the coming months because the Farmer's Almanac also says this winter will come with extra snow and cold temperatures. So, while this chilly rain isn't everyone's favorite weather, enjoy it while it lasts before the frost comes in. Taking a look into the headlines, Northwestern's women's soccer ended a five-game winless streak last night against Iowa. In a 2-1 win, the Cats improved to 8-4-3 overall and 2-4-1 in the Big Ten. Tomorrow, there will be an annular solar eclipse, where the moon will hide behind the sun, leaving a ring of fire in the sky that can be seen for a few minutes. House Republicans picked Ohio Representative Jim Jordan as their new speaker nominee on Friday. However, 50 Republicans voted against supporting Jordan on the House floor, leaving the party in disarray as they have been unable to elect a speaker since the ousting of Kevin McCarthy. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more on news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to groups, these, and other WNUR news stories on WNUR.org. That's WNUR Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our producer today is Micah Sandy, and our reporters are Paul, Paul O'Connor, Jillian Moore, and Anavi Prakash. From all of us here at WNUR News, thanks for listening. I'm Clara Tilly. Catch our news next newscast on Monday, October 16th at 6 p.m. Now, back to scheduled programming.